Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. The Landscape is presented with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. Visit deltadentaloh.com to find out more. While the eyes of the sports world have been focused on March Madness, by the way, thanks for nothing, Marquette and UCLA, <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians season begins on Thursday. The Guardians are on the road to begin their campaign. They have a sold-out game against Seattle on April 7th to kick off the home season. We've asked Crane Sports business reporter Joe Scalzo to join us to preview what the fans hope will be an even better season than last year's surprise year. Joe, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Dan. Joe, before we dive into this year, what about last year? I, we were laughing, you know, same thing with the Cavs two years ago. If we all would have known this, we would have been in Las Vegas with the sports book. Did the Guardians catch lightning in a bottle, or did, were they really that good last year? I, I, I would say that there's so many games in a major league season that you can't be fluky. So I'm going to say that they're legit. Now, whether they can repeat that, I don't know. But I, I think they were so good for so long, and they finished so strong that I, I don't think there's any question that, that they, you know, as surprising as they were, they were legitimately good. Obviously, they had this unexpected success, but there were some shortcomings on the roster. So as we head into this year, what are some of the things the Guardians did to improve their team? I just read that they had the only team that had less home runs than the Guardians were the Tigers. And there's lots of talk about needing a power hitter. Did they do anything to solve that problem? Yes. I mean, I think that was probably the, the biggest thing. They, they signed Josh Bell, um, who had played for the Nationals last year. He played for the Padres last year. Um, he won a Silver Slugger Award at first base. And, you know, Josh Bell is not Albert Bell. Uh, but he should be an upgrade, at least give you maybe 25 home runs, 30 home runs um, in a good season. And, and just, you know, anybody that watched the Guardians last year just knows that, like, as baseball becomes so homer heavy, you, you need guys that can that can hit it out of the park. And so he gives you that. And so I think that, that was probably the one addition. The, the other one was, was a catcher that they added, Mike Zanino, uh, who was an all-star with Tampa Bay in, in in 2021, he was injured most of last year, and he, he's kind of a, a stopgap between them and and Bo Naylor, who's in AAA, and he's kind of considered the, the future catcher for the for the Guardians. So Zanino again, he, he's probably not Sandy Alomar, but he should be better than Austin Hedges, who um, was a really good you know guy at handling pitchers, but um, you kind of wanted to watch his at bats with like your fingers over your hand, your hand over your eyes, <laughs> and kind of go through your your fingers. So. Did, did something change? And I know I'm old. I grew up with Carlton Fisk and Johnny Bench when catchers were expected to hit, hit for power and hit for average. And I don't know. It seems like people just say, well, catchers don't have to do that anymore. Those are those are two pretty good catchers <laughs> you just mentioned. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, the Guardians in particular, they don't value catcher as a as an offensive position. Um, and obviously in the 90s, you, you, you still had the sock intimidation that that Cindy Alomar was really good. Pudge Rodriguez was really good. You know, you know, you had a lot of guys that could hit for power and average, but baseball's changed. It's gotten harder to hit, I think. And the Guardians, they they just want guys that can play great defense and maybe hit better than 180 or whatever it was Austin Hedges hit. So um, anything they get out of that position, I think they view as a bonus. Um, whereas I think if you're, you know, the Astros or the Yankees, you can afford to dive into the the guys who can do it both ways. Let's circle back to this home run thing for a moment. I mean, one of the people who baseball purists, you know, the George Wills of the world, loved the Guardians as they ground out singles and were able to score. But, you know, one swing of the bat brings two guys home instead of four singles. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that is that just one of those things that they're going to really have to solve in addition to picking up this other guy to help them? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, 
if you watch the Astros last year, they, I mean, they were terrifying up and down the lineup. It was almost a blessing that the Guardians didn't beat the Yankees and have to play them because you saw when you can hit for power pretty much anywhere in the lineup, just how much of a difference that makes. Um, just because there's so much velocity coming out of these pitchers' hands now. Um, I, I, you know, there's some rule changes that Major League Baseball um, has instituted. I don't know if we want to dive in that yet, but, but that maybe will help a team like the Guardians that likes to put it in play. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is baseball's gotten so efficient and it's so hard to score, you know, in terms of bunching hits together. I think that, that you basically have to look for those power guys. And obviously, the, you know, the Guardians don't, can't afford to, to go out and get Aaron Judge in free agency, but they get a guy like, like Josh Bell who they're kind of counting on to be, you know, his best self when he's been a little bit up and down over the last few years, but he does have that talent. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. We're talking with Joe Scalzo. He's our Crane Sports business reporter taking a look at the Guardian season, which gets underway. Joe, what about the other side of the ball in terms of pitching? I know there was some talk about needing maybe another left-handed starter. What kind of improvements did they make in the offseason to better their pitching? You know, it's it's funny because they're just a... They're just like a pitching farm, aren't they? Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they do. They turn out yeah, great. Yeah, I think they're always going to look internally. Um, you know, their rotation is going to look probably a little bit similar to last year. They do have two, you know, top fifty prospects in their in their farm system, and Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams. They're both righties, so I think you could you, you could argue that yeah, they need a lot another left hander. Um, but people have been looking for left handed pitching since uh, you know when they were fighting the Civil War. I think so. Um, <laughs> Sandy Koufax in the day. <laughs> yeah, Sandy Koufax. So, uh, you know, I, I think from from their standpoint, they're just so good at drafting and developing pitchers or trading for other pitchers that I, I would see that as a maybe an internal thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, that's their strength. And, you, you know, just kind of up and down the roster, I think, rather than make huge additions, which they can't really financially afford anyway, they started, you know, 16 rookies last year. And I think there's a sense that, a lot of these guys still have growing to do, so they didn't necessarily have to go out and make a bunch of splashy moves. And I think we'll see around the trade deadline if if they're close, you know, to feeling like they can they can make a run at this. Maybe that changes, but I think there's going to be just some a patient approach and see if they can build on next year or, or build on what they did last year. Let's talk about expectations, not only for the season but in a larger sense. I mean. Do the Indians? I would imagine they see themselves contending for the AL Central crown. Do they think they can get beyond that? Yeah, I, I think the the I think the feeling is that they should be right there again this year. Um, I, I think they felt like last year they were a year they they kind of are a year ahead of schedule from what they thought they'd be. They have a lot of young talent. You kind of saw that they weren't you know the moment wasn't too big for them. They swept Tampa Bay in the wild card round. They they gave the the Yankees everything they you know they could handle. So swapping out a couple you know minus. Uh, spots in the lineup with with some better hitters and just that natural development. I think I think there's a feeling that if they don't, 
either win the division or or at least make the playoffs, that would be a disappointing season. And I don't think we would have said that last year. I, I don't think anybody with the entire organization, not just media people, would have said that that they were expecting to go to the playoffs, whereas this year they are. In a larger sense, and you know, it sort of depends on what team you follow, what team you root for. You know, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're like, I can't believe we haven't won the Super Bowl in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Indians fans are like, oh, we're so excited we made the playoffs. Is it? Do they need to raise expectations in order to get there? Do you understand what I mean? Like, instead of yeah. just going, well, that's really great we made the playoffs. Like, we got to finish this job. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a sense, you know, whenever you hear anybody from the Guardians front office talking, the goal is always to win a, a World Series. I think there's a sense, though, that, hey, the, the Cowboys have – they're, they're the most valuable sports franchise in, in North America. And even, you know, it gets skewed because the Cavs have one of the 10 richest people in the world, you know, that owns them. Um, and so there's a certain amount of, I, I don't know, like a feeling in Cleveland that like money shouldn't be an object just because Haslam and, and Gilbert are so so rich. Um, but those those sports are different. I think there's a sense with with baseball that the economics are are so far out of whack and people don't like hearing that, but I think if you're the Guardians, you're just trying to compete for um, a playoff berth and a division title most years. And then those years like 2016 uh, and even in 2017 where you feel like you have a team that can make a, a run for it, then you go in all in. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, looking at the Astros and the Yankees and the Dodgers, those you know, all those teams are just in different economic stratospheres. So, you, you know, as much as we would like to say, yeah, we should raise expectations because it's been since 1948 that they've won it, um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's realistic. Now, when it comes to AL Central, the Guardians' main competition is going to be the Twins and the White Sox again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the feeling, and it, you know, you know, the Twins were good two years ago. I think you know the White Sox were good two years ago. It, there was a feeling the White Sox really like there was some all kinds of stuff going on there, just just in their locker room and just not being day in and day out competitors. But you know, again, th- those teams are are. Good. I mean, they have good organizations, but um, yeah, I think there, there's a sense that there's no 27 Yankees in the AL Central again this year. So um, we'll see how that shakes out because those teams underperformed last year, and I think the pressure's on them to to bounce back. Whereas I think the you know the Guardians are in a good spot here to contend for the next few years, and, and you kind of feel that confidence coming out of the spring training. One of the topics of discussion whenever we talk about the Guardians is the issue of attendance. Last year, I think the Guardians were 25th out of the 30 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And you often hear people say, well, if they're winners, people are going to go to the ballpark. And, you know, I would see pictures from the stadium in July and August with this contending team, and it didn't seem like there was anybody there. Is it just a question of it being too expensive for people to go? Or is it too easy to find on broadcast? What's the deal? I think a couple of things were at play last year. I mean, first of all, it's been a little bit difficult for them to bounce back from COVID. Um, there were, you know, they didn't have any fans in 2020. There was, I think, about two months where there were limited fans. I, I think guys, I think people in Cleveland just kind of got out of the habit of going to games. I, I think there was a little bit of a backlash just to the name change. I think there's a, a segment of people in Northeast Ohio that have just have sworn off the team or vowed not to go there because they changed their name from Indians to Guardians. So. I think those are two things. The other thing was the expectations weren't very high heading into last year. I think people kind of caught on late. You know, as far as as the cost of tickets, um, you you know, they've been aggressive uh, this spring in trying to find ways for people to to get to the ballpark affordably. They just announced, you know, you can buy a standing room only pass for about 50 bucks a month and, you know, get you into every game. Yeah, you don't have to see it, but you can probably find one most games, especially in April. Just and they're not going to like 
kicked yeah. out or anything. And th- and there's a, there's a couple other promotions that you'll hear about, but 95% of their home games have seats available for $20 or less. So if you compare that to just about anything, I think that that's pretty affordable. You can get a $15 standing room only ticket. Um, you can buy some some six packs that start at like $85. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think I think they've tried to find a way to get value, but at the same time, I mean, these athletes are are expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. And and that might speak to just the difficulty of a city the size of Cleveland that's in that financial shape finding a, you know, the money to support a third team, especially one that that has 81 games a year, but um I think the team is hoping there's an uptick. It's not going to be the 90s again. But you know you can average more than than seventeen thousand or or whatever it was last year. I can't remember the exact number, but yeah, I, I think there's optimism that there's that the, the the attendance will go up again, and that they'll have a team that's coming that's worth coming out and watching. Joe, for those who can't make it to the ballpark for whatever reason, um, what's the situation in terms of radio and television? Will people be able to watch and listen to the Guardians uh, the way they have in the past? Yeah, that that's a, a tricky little issue because um, Bally Sports is owned by Diamond Sports Group, which just declared bankruptcy, which kind of was expected. Um, and there's a there's a little bit of a fear that, that you know, the Guardians are one of those teams. They, they claim that their contract costs them more than they bring back in. So um, there's a sense of, hey, maybe Bally Sports will drop these broadcasts. I haven't heard anything from that end, uh, from, from Bally Sports themselves, but um, it, it's a... It's a it's an industry in turmoil, I guess would be the best way of saying it. And um, no matter what happens, I think Major League Baseball has said they'll step in and broadcast the games. But, uh, you, you know, it'll be business as usual, you know, at least as far as what they did last year. If you could watch the games last year, you'll be able to watch them again, I think, this year. But the Cavs on Valley Sports had a streaming option that you could get for 20 bucks a month. The Guardians don't have that. Um, it doesn't look like that's on the way. And so it's going to be a little bit tricky, and it's going to be one of those issues that I'll be writing about and watching for the next few months to see how it unfolds. You know, as far as the, the broadcasts themselves, all the familiar names are going to be back. It's going to be Matt Underwood and Rick Manning. You know, you'll hear Tom Hamilton on, on uh, radio broadcasts, so the familiar faces. But, uh, you know, it, there, there's going to be some changes heading into just how games are broadcast and how they're available to, to consumers and I think this year is going to be looked at as one of those pivot points. We'll look forward to what we hope to be an exciting season. I'm sure you and I will have a conversation soon about the Cavaliers in the playoffs. Joe Scalzo, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. Joe Scalzo writes on the business of sports for us for Cranes Cleveland. You can read his work at cranescleveland.com. And that's where also you can listen to The Landscape. The Landscape is brought to you with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. There's more information at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. As always, thank you for joining us. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you.